to speak, she used the speech app to read her words. She was so afraid to talk, she used the program to read her story. Listen, it's not you. It's not just you. Once you understand you were brainwashed and programmed to hate yourself so that some old white man could sell products, you might feel a little bit better. Or worse. Every time you hate yourself, you add coins in the ugly old white man's pocket. This isn't meant to shame us. It's meant to open our eyes to the underlying conditioning and programming that has an agenda behind the scenes. I woke up much later in life after years of hating myself and my body. Now at 45, I look back at the wasted energy on trying to be skin and bones. But no matter what I did, I had no voice, no authority, no respect. How do I reconcile my privilege as a white woman with a sad and empty, untethered, lost life that could have been so much more, that still has the opportunity to thrive? This is episode one of Faux Visage. My story begins with a long and slow waking up. I'm 26 and going to the university for the first time. I've been married for three years by this time and a super Christian. I did all the right things. I checked off all the right boxes. Virgin until married, check. Bible college for two full years, check. Multiple missionary quests under my belt check fully brainwashed and integrated into an extremely conservative fundamental evangelical zealousness or zealous zealot i don't check i've been married for three years by this time i think if i recall correctly britney spears had just come out with these shiny red leather type of pants and I was so into it. I was starting to pull away and question. I was starting my education and I guess you could say a reprogramming going to the university and it was such a thrill. I'm 26 years old around this time and I buy myself a pair of those red pleather which is kind of a new thing I think at this time. Those pants and I wear them with a retro tees, which are really in at the time as well. I decide to pierce my lip. I get a cool lip piercing, I'm in university. I drink alcohol and I end up in the bed of my friend's roommate. He tries to kiss me, but I don't let him. I tell him I'm married. I can't do that. My clothes are on and they remain on the entire time. I do nothing with him. I drive home at 7 a.m. The strange part about it is that I haven't thought about calling my husband to let him know where I am. I partied all night with university friends and I have this desire to be 14 again and to live with roommates. I suddenly wake up and find myself three years into this marriage thinking and questioning and wondering. I don't think about calling my husband and I don't know that he has been sick with worry and called the police and he's searching for me all night with his parents. I clearly don't know the effects of alcohol, but it didn't cross my mind to think about him or let him know where I was. I just wanted to be me. 
I didn't want to answer to someone. The secret I don't allow myself to admit is how much I liked touching the soft hairs on the chest of the roommate while I was pushing him off of me. I wouldn't even let myself think it. Because with everything in my mind, I resisted that guy. I did not commit the sin of kissing or anything else. I kept myself pure and my marriage vows intact. There is no way I would even fantasize about it, but something inside me had started to change. It was an incredible opportunity, the chance to change. In university, I'm taking anthropology, geography. I learned that white missionaries, the same ones I had seen in the church basement of the Mennonite church I grew up in, so many slideshows of white women surrounded by many little black children, I didn't realize. I didn't realize that those missionaries were actually stealing culture, that they were killing culture and spreading this disease of Christianity. I mean, at least I came to think those thoughts a little bit later. I spent seven years after Bible college, or from the time I started, blocking out the news or any books that were secular or not religious. In fact, I got to the point where I had dieted my reading. My reading diet was so restricted to only the Bible. And there were large portions of the 90s that I missed out on. I still kind of dressed grunge. I remember wearing ripped jeans and and wool socks and big hiking boots and baggy plaid um, long sleeve t-shirts, shirts and stuff like that. But as for the cultural significant things that were going on at that time, music and otherwise, I just kind of tuned it out. I remember being taking on Christianity like it was an Olympics, Olympic exercise. And I was gonna be the absolute best Christian Olympian. I would train myself not even to think in my mind, allowing my mind to wander to things that were not pure or of God. And I would listen to God's voice and go door to door, almost thinking that my the proselytizing I was called to do was just right out there in front of me. And converting to people to Christianity seemed like my greatest calling. I was so caught up in it all. It was like I was in a trance. It doesn't surprise me that I was into it. I was born and raised in a home that that valued church stuff, but that was also very strict and very violent. By the time I went to Bible college, it was a refuge from the violent home life I had, and it provided stability and rules and everything that I wanted. I was ripe coming from that vulnerable home. I was ripe to to be um, groomed almost for any any cult where there is a very fearful God, where the shoe will drop from heaven at any time, and where anything fear-based and controlling brought me comfort somehow, as strange and sick as that sounds. So did university poison my pure Christian mind with thoughts and ideas and curiosities and wonder? I'm so glad it did. I wish I had known 
at 26, I wish I had known at 18 what I had learned at 26. So I'm really glad I was able to go to university even though it was much later um, than maybe the average entrance. Um, Yeah, I was a mature student at 26. So that was the beginning of me unraveling and undoing some of those thoughts that just became so cemented into my mind at Bible college. There were great things about Bible college too. I think that the community and the love and support I received was incredible. But ultimately, what I came around to and why I left Christianity has everything to do with human rights. The pro-life, anti-abortion and anti-choice issue. Well, I came to be pro-choice after I had a child. I sure was pro-life early on, but when I became pregnant and went through my own pregnancy and, and childbirth, I just thought, how? How can this be? How can anyone control the body of another person? I also left Christianity because they were so anti-gay marriage at this time. I guess that would have been in the 90s or 2000s, early 2000s, when I slowly left because I didn't see the love of God for everyone. A basic human right to love who you choose to love. And at the time, don't get me wrong, I, I said the script to my gay friends that I was told to say, which was, well, I don't agree with what you're doing, but I love you anyway. Or it's not really biblical or what you're doing isn't right, but you know, I'm told to love you and God is love. Those, those two things were the impetus for me to leave the religion. And it happened slowly and I'm glad I was able to do it. 